everybody. It's time for Snipes and Stripes right here on nofilter.net. There's no question. This is the best podcast for so many reasons. And one of them is because of my good friend, Mr. Tim Peel. I am Jeremy Roenick, my good friend and partner, Tim Peel, looking good with his wife's glasses on, buddy. What's going on? <laughs> How are you doing, you know, Hey, this is, I'm going to give a shout out to Kelly Chase. Uh, first of all, uh, I, I didn't even tell you this the other day. Uh, he called me yesterday or Wednesday and he's in remission right now. He's got to do nice. two more. Yeah, yeah, he's got to do two more rounds of chemo, but he's in remission. Things are looking awesome for Chaser. So shout out to our boy. We love Chaser. Um, wow, that's fantastic news. That's fantastic he, news. He's the one that told me to go to the Dollar Tree and buy $1 glasses because I got I need about 10 pairs of cheaters all over my yeah, house. Yeah, we have, listen, we, have 10, we have 10 or 12 of them also too. But hold on, hold on. Before you get there, we got to make sure that we everybody knows that this edition is sponsored by Whiskey in the Wild. Go to whiskeyinthewild.com. Get the best chocolate and chocolate orange whiskey that you'll ever have in your entire life. Probably one of the best drinks you'll ever have. And for our... Great partner, Bet Online. Bet Online continues to be your number one source to all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up to minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's pass to the playoffs with in game live betting. Contests are on all and all player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile device. Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team. And remember to use the promo code BLEAVE, B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And remember, Bet Online, the game starts here. So thanks to Bet Online. They are fantastic. You've been a great partner. But thank so, you to, okay, thank so you to Bet Online. What's, what's on your hey. mind? Hey, listen, first of all, uh, instead of Peelzy, I would li like to be known as Nostradam no Nostradamus now. Uh, no, you mean Nostradamus? Nostradamus. And why, listen, you're, you're not Nostradamus because some of your, your hockey picks. So tell me why you're Nostradamus. Because, because I called it a week ago. I said that... Uh, um, I, sorry, I got to turn on my lights here. I said that. Uh, we talk about Columbus. Yarmo, Yarmo yeah. Kikalinen would uh, would had to go. Like something had to happen. He had to go, and and they made the move yesterday. John Davidson unfortunately let him go. It was the right call, and it's it's unfortunate. He's a good person, but you know what? Good people in this business get fired all the time. And you and I have been down that path before. And, uh, but Columbus had to make a move. They just, nothing was working for them there, but they, he's been there 11 years. They made the playoffs a few times. They've never got out of the first round. I don't know even what their identity is there. They don't have an identity. What is it? We, you've talked about uh, Arizona having an, an identity this year. They've got an identity. I don't know what Columbus's is. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate for Yarmo. He's a good man, but uh, it, it had to happen. Yeah, I mean, 11 years, is, is, it's a lot. Um, you know, I think the, the owners gave him ample time to put together a good team. Uh, I don't know what the difference is mentality-wise between European GMs and North American GMs, to tell you the truth. I, I, I don't know Yarmo at all, so I couldn't kind of tell you his um, – his persona per se, per se, but it, listen, they've changed their coach. How many times they've made trades, they've signed players. Um, at some point it has to change. And usually it changes with the mentality with the GM. Look what happened in Philly, Philly changed their GM. They changed the president. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of a different mentality and there's, and there's a, uh, there is a message of what their identity is um, that is relayed through a very powerful and strong coach in John Tortorella. Um, it's, it, it is kind of a, a, a crazy question and a, just, a it's why it hasn't worked in Columbus. Like, what is it about that team that can't get them over the hump? Because they've been in the league for now, what, 20 years now? 22? Uh, no, no, actually, uh, I did 24. I did their home opener in the year 2000. They've been in the league 24 so years tw now. So 24 exactly. years, and they've probably made the playoffs, what, three times? I think I think five, but 
that's at the max. I think five. Okay, well, that's and, still that's still not a good percentage if you're a team that's looking to make money in the most prosperous time of the year, which is playoffs. Correct. And just just so everybody understands why I just said that, a lot of people don't realize that players' salaries end the day that game eighty-two finishes. Correct. So they finish in April. So once April ends, the players are no longer paid. They're the owners now. Whatever happens from that point on goes straight to the team. Hence, playoff money, ticket sales. That's why Huge. it's so important. That's why it's so important to make the playoffs because they make the most out of their ticket sales, out of their playoff money that they can put right back into their pocket. So if you continue to miss the playoffs year after year after year, you are not subsidizing no. a lot of that money, that regular season payroll money, to try to get ahead. And Columbus, I can't even imagine what they're like financially, buddy. 100%. You know, St. Louis, for example, Tom Stillman, uh, who owns the team with other investors, they pretty much break even throughout the year and because they spend to the cap. You know, they he's a good owner. And to your point, they make their money if they make the playoffs. And it is it is paramount that they make the playoffs. So, And I have to correct myself because I said they didn't get to the second round. They beat Tampa that one year. Remember when they beat yeah, Tampa? When, they when they had, yeah, when they had the – they got the best When they record. had torts. When they had torts. When they had, they had the best record. Coach. Exactly. No, they, had the best, they, they won the most games in, ever by an NHL team and lost in the first round. Just like Boston broke Tampa's record – with most wins and they lost yep. in the first round. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what? It's, uh, it's unfortunate, but things happen. A few things that I wanted to talk about with you today, uh, before we get into the teams, uh, breaking news just a few minutes ago, uh, Milan Lucic, the police have dropped the tar charges on him, JR, uh, because of a, a legal term, it's called marital something where the wife does not have to testify or uh, you know, speak against her husband. And yeah. so they dropped the charges and the Bruins made a statement that Milan Lucic will not be with the team the remainder of the season. So uh, not condoning uh, uh, domestic abuse. That's the last thing that we're doing. But I, as, a, as a hockey player and as a guy that refed him for his entire career, um, it's a tough way to see him end his career because I guarantee you nobody's going to bring him on. He's done. Yeah, I'm going to have to. Uh, I'm going to have to um, agree with your with your sentiment with your statement. Um, I've known Milan for a long time. I've been close with him for a long time. I know what kind of person he is. He's an incredible competitor. He's an incredible athlete, but he, he's also a very strong-headed and very tough-branded um, mentality sort of person. I. Don't condone anything of this this nature. Um, no. I, it's hard for me to comment because I don't know what exactly happened. Nobody does, but still, the situation is the situation, and it is you know once you get um, once you get um, accused of something, it's really hard to shake off that yeah that persona that uh, or that that black mark that somebody had put on you. Now. What and and by the way, Milan Lucic has had a great career. If this is how it ends, it's really it's really sad and real uh, catastrophe. But it goes to show you what the mentality of the league is right now. And they're they're, I think their their belief in not condoning anything of this nature, any kind of anything sexually aroused or sexually um, provoked or. Um, Domestic nor, violence, anything of that should, nature. Nor should they, right? Nor should they. I'm exactly right. But this is, it's almost like the league has now gotten to a, um, there's there's no second chances anymore. This is like, this is what ends. So if 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 the league and Boston Bruins aren't letting Milan Lucic back because of their stance against these kind of situations, I'm really scared for the five young kids in the world junior situation that just uh, gave themselves up to the Ontario police. It's going to be really, yeah. really interesting because if this continues in the same trend that the national hockey league has been showing those five kids careers could be done. I think they are done. And uh, not to put the cart before the horse, we need to let the legal system uh, work its way out. But 
you know, the I've I've read a lot of articles on this situation with with the four NHLers that were suspended, and then the one kid that was drafted, Formantine, from Ottawa that's playing in Europe. And the court date, it doesn't look like they're going to go to even court until 2026. So these kids aren't going to play. These young men aren't going to play for the next year and a half, two years. And then whatever happens, happens. It's the world we're living in now. And it's a PR nightmare for any team to, to maybe bring somebody on like this. And uh, you know what? If they brought it on themselves and shame on them, because uh, sexual assault and, and anything like that is disgusting. I've got yeah. a daughter, you've got daughters, yeah. and, and uh, it's, it's terrible. But I think their careers are done, buddy. I think they're done. And, and I think that's why Philadelphia has really uh, tried to draft goalies in the last year or so, because they, I think they had an inkling that this might happen. And this Sam Arison that's playing for Philadelphia it's a small sampling, but he looks like the real deal right now. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, that's a very good way to put it. And um, it's really sad. I mean, granted, if there, there are places to play for players like this, they could go to Europe. They could go to Russia. They could go. They could still make some money, yeah. but, it's not, but it's not the National Hockey League. And it's still, no. it's still sad. And it's not, um, it's not what anybody wants to see. So, um. hey, very, very quickly, uh, and I'll just touch on it because I love the guy. He, uh, and that's Phil the Thrill Kessel. He, I saw a video of him, <laughs> of, 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 him, of, him oh. skating, of him skating with Abbotsford the other day, which is Vancouver's farm team. And uh, Phil came up to me one game. I always loved Phil. He's just such a, he's just an easygoing he's guy. He's a happy-go-lucky, kind of jubilant, jubilant, I, goofy, I kind of a goofy, love, kind of a goofy mentality. He's, yeah, the, he's the greatest. I, he is great. I, you know, I think, I don't have my stats in front of me, but I think he scored 22. He played 82 games last year. He played all 82 games. That's how, the guy's, the guy's shaped like a pear, okay? His, his body, it, 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 it nobody's he's not getting mistaken for an Abercrombie and Finch model okay <laughs> and, and he still scored 80 uh, 22 goals and played in 82 games I think and he and Tockett loves Phil because yeah. of what he yeah they're the very they're, well they're very close they've been very close and, since and he loves days. him because it, exactly and he loves him because he knows what he's like in the dressing room and his teammates like him his teammates love Phil and so, you know what? Wouldn't be surprised if we see him suiting up for the Canucks down the stretch. And there, yeah, but, there you, yeah. Is so. but why? But why would the Canucks um, risk what they have going right now? For you know what? Injuries, injuries, uh, injuries, uh, depth, depth scoring. I, I get, I totally get, but you. Okay, so let add. me. Okay, so that's a good. That's a great answer. So is your answer that Phil Kessel will not be in the lineup unless they have injuries come playoff time? No, no. I, I think I think he's the type of guy um, you can you can move him in and out of the lineup, and he he'll be he'll be fine with that. He'll go up to the press box and he'll he'll chow down like five or six hot dogs. Uh, when he's not dressed, yeah, and that's not a shot. That's not a shot at Phil because the reason I said that is it, that that infamous picture uh, when he won the cup. I think it was with Pittsburgh uh, or Vegas, and he he filled you know all the all the all the, the his teammates or they're letting their kids eat uh, ice cream and cereal out of it. And Phil, for a joke, because he knows everyone razzes him about his weight and his body. Fills the Stanley Cup with hot dogs, and I go. That's why. <laughs> that's why people love Phil Kessel. That's right awesome because he can yeah. make fun of himself, right? So, yeah. Well, he is. Uh, he is a very good hockey player, and he can absolutely. Um, just for your, your fans that can't see, we have a picture of Phil with the hot dogs and the Stanley <laughs> Cup. It's fantastic. But it's our, you know, our, I think it is. He is a he is a dynamic player. I mean, he scored 412 goals in the, in his career. I mean, this kid can score. That's unbelievable. Right? And he's um, he's dynamic down the wing. Uh, he's probably a defensive liability, but when the power play comes, he can definitely put the puck in the net. So I don't oh. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I love no. Phil Kessel. I've always loved Phil Kessel. So you know, he's. Everybody's picked on Phil Kessel his whole career, ever since he was in Toronto and when exactly. he got traded from Boston. And it's just one thing after another. So if, for Phil, if, he's just like, just leave me alone. Let me go play 
play hockey, let me play poker and eat my hot dogs and if, go to bed and leave me alone. If you if you saw Phil Kessel at a bar and you pointed to your wife or your your child and you said, "There's a there's a guy that scored 400 goals in the league," they'd be, they'd look at you like, "Come on, he looks like he's yeah. he looks like he works at Procter and Gamble or or he's an accountant <laughs> or something." So, but listen, speaking about best. speaking about scoring, we got to talk about AM34. He scored three last night in a row for Toronto. The guy is literally the best, to me, the best goal scorer in the NHL right now. I mean, he, you, he's... You scored a lot of it, goals, it, buddy. What do you think? Um, he is, without question, the best goal scorer in the National Hockey League, bar none, than anybody right now. He is the most pure goal scorer. He has the, the best shot. He has the most accurate shot. It's unbelievable. And he has taken over Alex Ovechkin as the most dynamic goal scorer in hockey today and will go down as the best American goal scorer in the history of goal scoring, both um, by being dynamic in terms of his, his goal scoring ability and by how many goals he scores. And he's you got mean, 45, he's got 45 goals in what, 52 games? You 52. mean he's going to... He's going to be more. He's going to be a more prolific goal scorer than Mike Medano and Jeremy Roenick. Hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, I think he probably already has four hundred goals by now, and he's it's he's unbelievable. Still, he's still only like twenty nine years old or twenty eight years old. Twenty eight, if twenty eight, maybe twenty seven. But this guy can just do it all. He's he's just uh, he's a dynamic he's dynamic. A, he's a dynamic player and a guy it's, that uh, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. He he is. But guess what, bud? You got to do it in the playoffs. Hundred percent. You got to do it in the playoffs. That's and that's all, just that's the knock against him right now. That's the that's knock against all, him. Exactly. Yeah. That's all anybody cares about. They beat Philly last night four three. If I was Toronto, I would not want to play Philly in a, in the playoffs because Philly will tighten it up. And those, as we've... And they were pound hard. They were pound hard. As you and I both know, you don't win playoff playoffs 6-5, very rare. It's usually 3-2, 2-1. You know, it's, yep. the, it's a tight... It's a it's a tighter checking game. His time and space gets taken away. So, listen, I people... Toronto fans think that I hate the Leafs. I grew up a Leaf fan. I love the Leafs. I'd love to see them go on a big run. Um... And it's, you know what, so it's his, it, listen, he's in his prime right now. It's time for him to, to take that to the next level in the playoffs. And let's see you do it in the playoffs, Austin. Yeah, well, again, that's that's the, the, the one knock against him. And it's like everybody's everybody holds their breath when it comes playoff time. Now, I don't think they have to worry about playoffs because you already said that the Toronto Maple Leafs aren't going to make the playoffs. So I don't think they have to worry about winning playoff games this year. That's according to Tim Peel. Where did I say that? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. You don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I must have had too much red wine on one of those broadcasts because Toronto's making the playoffs, even without Morgan Riley, who, as we both know, just got a five game suspension, which I'm fine with. Uh, David Perron got six precedent. The precedent had been set. I'm good with five games. He's going to appeal. He is appealing it. But guess what? Every player that's appealed their suspensions this year, none of them have been. Have no, been, uh, it, it, it never does. It never does. It, it maybe only, it's happened twice I, that I've ever known about it. Twice. The only one was a couple of years ago. Spezza got reduced from six to five or five to four, and because people, I, I don't understand. I guess the PA has to do it. You you were a member of the PA. Yeah, the I think PA Tom Wilson. To I think it. Tom Wilson had one um, shrunk into a couple of years ago, but that's the only time I've ever heard. Because basically, if he if he rescinds it, if Gary you know lowers it. Basically saying, I don't agree with my employee, George Peros, in the Department yeah. of Player Safety, yeah, right? That's what that. he's saying. Yeah, they and, won't do that. And, they won't do that. And he, he won't do that. So No. Um, it's a hard enough job. It's a hard enough job for, for George Peros to do that, to have his boss turn around and say, I, you know, I don't agree with you. You're not doing a good job and rescind it. I totally agree. Exactly. Yeah, Listen, you definitely will. Got, we need to, we're talking about Toronto. We're on the Eastern Conference here right now. We have to talk about. To me, one of the biggest surprises, and people may go, what do you mean it's a big surprise? And the, one of the biggest surprises to me right now this year is the Florida Panthers, and I'll tell you why. 
They bullied their way through the playoffs last year. Reinhardt, Bennett, uh, um, Gudis, they bullied, they bullied people. Like they, they, it was a physical game. They really took it to teams. I didn't expect them to replicate the, their success that they had this year. And I think, I think Sam Bennett is, uh, uh, has got 39 goals right now. No, no, that's Reinhardt. I'm sorry, Reinhardt, Reinhardt. He is in, he is in for a big payday, a big payday. And what are your thoughts? Cause I didn't think they, they, listen, they barely, they got in as you and I talked about early in the year, they got in the, uh, because, because Pittsburgh lost to Columbus and Chicago at the end of the year. They were a breakaway away from beat, from losing in five games to Boston. And next thing you know, they're in the Stanley Cup Finals. I thought they might take a little bit of a step back. I got to give Paul Maurice and his coaching staff a tremendous amount of credit here. Uh, Matthew Kachuk, and I, I know you want to talk about him, is on a tear. But that is, they're tied with Boston right now for first overall in the Eastern Conference. This is a frigging good hockey club, bud. Well, I'll tell you what, uh that's it's turned into one of the best clubs in the national hockey league they didn't start out so well in the beginning of the year and guess it just kind of goes along with everything else guess who else didn't have a very good start to his year matthew kachuk matthew kachuk is the heart and soul and the engine that runs that team there is no question of anybody that you ask that kid is one of the most um prolific leaders in the National Hockey League for more than one reason. And if you ask everybody in that locker room how, why that locker room, that, that team ticks, every single one of them will say because of Matthew Kachuk. The reason, yeah. why they, the reason why they did so well in the playoffs. Now, granted, they got lucky to be in the playoffs because Pittsburgh choked. Yeah, they choked did. Choked in, 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 in gargantuan deport, uh, portions. But then they get in, and they know that they got lucky. And they never quit against the Boston Bruins. And they found a way to get past the Boston Bruins. And then you know what happened? Matthew Kachuk put his will on his team and said, listen, we are going to be a hard team to play against. We are going to be in your face. We're going to punch you in the mouth. We are going to do it as a team, not individually. It's going to be one line after another. Punishing, punishing, punishing. And you know what they did? They did it as a team, and they believed that they could win after coming back from Boston. And that's what what we talk about having identity. Now, it's okay to be able to do that in the playoffs, but you can't do that in an 82-game season. No, and and, and no. I think this is where this is where in the beginning of the season I thought Florida maybe would think about having that same mentality. But um, Matthew Chuck was off. You had Barkoff was off. Uh, Reinhardt was flying high. Uh, Sam Bennett's also a great uh, is a great um, leader on that team, and their their goaltending has been very good. But this is. This is where I think it's 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 unbelievable because this team started really turning it up at the turn of the year when when we turned at, at New Year's. Mm-hmm. Matthew Kachuk in January of 2024 was the highest scoring point man in the National Hockey League. He had a McDavid ahead of McDavid, ahead of Kucherov, ahead of McKinnon, ahead Jeez. of everyone. He had 32 points in 17 games in January. And this team, again, grabbed all that energy that Matthew Kachuk was having and playing his best hockey and have now propelled them to being a just a juggernaut in the league right now. Sam Reinhardt, do you think Buffalo would want Sam Reinhardt back oh. right now? Um, a career year in goal scoring. The guy is um, has so much confidence going, and it always seems to be in a contract year, but still, that's sometimes could be, that could be the most pressurized year. Where people right. could choke. So, right. good signs for Reinhardt. Great signs for the Florida Panthers. And my hat's off to Matthew and, Chuck, who and, is just and, a warrior. And you know, like it, it wasn't that long ago. It was actually the first half of the year, maybe even almost the entire season last year. People were were carving Bobrovsky, and he didn't have his game. And all of a sudden, he just found it in the playoffs. He's been stellar this year. And then their other goaltender, Anthony Stolarts, he stopped 45 last night in Buffalo in the 4-0 win. They're getting tremendous goaltending. They've got 
you know, as you know, God, like Alexander Barkov, Sasha Barkov, to me is one Sick. of the most. He's unbelievable. He, he he's such a good player. If he well, played the quietest, in the bigger, quietest, quietest superstar in the league, hundred percent. If he played in a bigger market, he, he would get so much more press. Then they've got Cousins, Ekblad, OEL, Kulikov, Lomberg, Lindell, McCola, uh, Carter Verhage. Like they've got a hell of a team, bud. Like that is. It's that Eastern Conference, man. If if it comes down to Boston and Florida again, which it could, it's going to be a great series. Yeah, but again, it's it that this Florida knows their identity. They know how they can play, and they know what makes them good. Like Matthew Kachuk did a uh, interview the other day after the Pittsburgh Penguin game, um, and it was really interesting to listen to him talk about um, for the first period. Our mentality was there wasn't even a puck on the ice. We didn't yeah. even care if there was a puck on the ice. We were going to pound the hell out of Pittsburgh's defensemen and just yeah. wear them down for a second and third period for the second half of the game. So when you hear like when you hear interview like that, that's what the people want to hear. They want to hear what are you guys talking about in the locker room? What are you guys saying? What's the mentality? What's the message? And Matthew Kachuk literally said on national television, "Our mentality in that locker room was forget there's a puck, play everybody, everybody, body." Yeah, everybody's body and finish your checks on every single one. Let's wear them down to the core and make them too tired to keep up with us on the second half of the game. That's exactly what they did. And they just trounced them. Yeah, this team is built for the playoffs. It's going to be exciting. You mentioned Pittsburgh, their power play. I don't get a chair. They won 4-1 over Chicago last night. Connor Bedard was back in the lineup. He got an assist last night. So good to see him back. But Pittsburgh, <laughs> Pittsburgh's power play has been horrendous this year, and I just don't get it with the with the personnel that they've got on on there, with uh, with the back end with Carlson and Latang. I don't understand what's going on there. Pittsburgh, it's, it's sad for me to say this because you know how much I love Sid. They are not going to make the playoffs. They've got they're not. And, and by the way, would would you if you were Sid, would you be just pissed because pissed. look, he's 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 got twenty nine goals this year. Like right. look at the look at the season that Sidney Crosby is having right now, and still his team is struggling to make the playoffs. I haven't heard hide nor hair of of of, of Genny Malkin at all this year. Nothing, nothing. Um, and they're they're you know the rumors this week that they're going to trade Gensel, uh, Gensel, Gensel. So I don't know. It, it well, Gensel's out it, now. But... Gensel's out four weeks with an upper yeah. body injury, so that could right. that could uh, hamper things. I think Rust has kind of got you know gone down the wayside. I mean, Carter is Carter's done. Um, yeah, I love Jeff Carter, but yeah, oh, he's sweet. awesome. He's awesome. So um, we, we mentioned we were talking about the Toronto game and and AM thirty four getting a hat trick and beating. Philly. How many hat tricks does he have this year? Six. I think so. I think that's, he's got that's, six. That's insane. I had no, I had eleven in my whole career. He has six this year. Are you serious? Yeah, that's, I had eleven. That's, that's he has humble. six. Yeah. Yeah, but you had 11 when everyone was hooking and holding and cross-checking. This is, yeah, it was a lot yeah. harder to score back then. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I was going to bring up um, – I was going to bring up Philly and Torts – you know, I love Torts. He's done a tremendous job in Philly. But he had a quote yesterday, and I want to get your thoughts on it, being a former player, because if I'm, his, if I'm a player on his team – and he said, players today are dumb. And, <laughs> and I don't know exactly what he meant by that, but he talked about they make a lot of mistakes and so on. If you played for him and you heard that it co the head coach just called players dumb, what, what would you think? I, I, would, I, I would laugh. Yeah. I would laugh because I'd say, he's not talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> No, because I was a cerebral hockey player. I was one of those guys that I played. I did what I did because I was so smart. Um, these other guys, I do believe, yes, he is very right because I see the plays that some of these kids make and the decisions that they make, and I'm like, that was just a dumb move. That was a right. dumb play. That was a dumb pass. So yeah, you're gonna have more un un. I don't want to say uneducated, but um, less talent ta talented iq talented IQ, mind IQ. players yeah, yeah. much less 
less IQ hockey wise than guys with more IQ. So yeah, they can yeah. all skate. They can all skate and shoot these days. But I think I think but listen to me talk about IQ it. when I couldn't even get my message out. But you know what I'm saying? No, I do. I do. And uh, um, it, it, it's uh, it's an interesting idea because I see it at all levels right now. Kids, they can all skate way better than when you played, right? Every one of them. The fourth, the fourth liners can skate as, as well as the first liners. The only difference between a fourth liner today and a first liner is skill set. They can all skate as well. And, and that's the only, that's what separates or differentiates fourth liners from first liners right now is, is skill set because yep. they all can skate. And that's the game. So, um, did you happen to catch? And this is, I thought this was, um, banned from the game or at least in ancient times did you see the bag skate that patrick wall put put the new york islanders I saw that. the other day i um, saw that and i i loved it i loved I, it before i before loved you... it too i loved it too it brought me back to my keenan days my you know my early days in chicago where we would just get bag skated for an hour no pucks no lights no nothing and you know right down to the right down to the cement underneath the ice we just you know stopped and started our our asses off but I, I, I love it hey before you say anything else so i'm in nashville right now i apologize for the lighting i'm in a boardroom but uh we're my son bronson we're playing in a tournament here in nashville this morning we won 3-1 then we tied this afternoon 3-3 and the game we won 3-1 after the second period we were up 2-1 but we were playing like dog shit i mean we were play, we weren't skating lucky to be up 2-1 Right. Lucky to be up 2-1. And I'm the assistant coach and our head coach, Adam Schweitzer, brings everybody in after the second period to the boards and he goes, line up on the boards. And everyone lined up and he said, skate. And they skated over and they skated back. He goes, one more time. And the point was, get your friggin' feet moving. Get your friggin' feet moving. So I love what Patrick Waugh did. That's the element. Patrick, Patrick is old school and and he's going to bring there's nothing wrong with old school you need no these no nope. these these coaches need they have to adapt to the players in the era that we're living in now but you also have to there has to be some accountability there's still accountability in our game jr there was accountability when you played there's accountability now and if you're not if you're not working then guess what you're going to get you're going to get bag skated Yep, and and listen, I'm just I'm just watching the video that's on our feed right now. For those of you who cannot see the video, it is the bag skate of the teams going up the full length of the ice, back the full length, and then all the way up. So there's three laps to that each individual bag skate, and when you do that for 40 minutes, let me tell you something: you feel like you're going to throw up. Your yeah. legs feel like a thousand pounds. You feel you get spinning dizzy, and it's just exhausting and you can't breathe and these are the things that these guys are going to remember next time they go into a game because i can guarantee you that not many guys in the national hockey league and including the jersey devil i mean the the new york islanders that just did that are used to those bag skates because it's almost like it's it's null and void in the game anymore so we're going to see what kind of message that sends to that team because we have two disciplinarians now in the National Hockey League. We have John Tortorella, which is more of a verbal guy. But now we got Patrick Waugh, who's old school, very disciplined, very stern and strict, that will not be afraid to throw old-fashioned tactics into play. And that's give you a good old-fashioned bag skate until you throw up. What yeah. a message to send these kids today. I'm going to be very interested to see what happens with the New York Islanders I, moving forward. I guarantee you Lou Lamorella was sitting up there and he loved it. Lou would have loved it. And that's why he brought Patrick Waugh in. That's for, for one of many reasons, but that's one reason. You mentioned New Jersey and L.A. The L.A. Kings, I don't know what the hell is going on there, Jer. They go into Buffalo. They lose 7 nothing two days ago to the Buffalo Sabres. 7 nothing. Yeah. Then they go to New Jersey last night. Kind of a statement game for them to see what they're made of. They win 2-1. And I don't, I'm, I'm concerned that this team, and I, and you might think I'm crazy. They might not make the playoffs. They may it's, not make yeah, the playoffs. It's, almost, it's, it's with the way the trend is going right now, they're not going to. And, you know, sitting here watching all these Buffalo goals, uh, these guys are, they're breaking down. 
you can see that there is no effort. There is no feet moving. They are not protecting the middle of the ice. A lot of these shots are coming from very high, high percentage scoring areas. And, and that, is, that is simply a mind frame to do the job that the coach has outlined in the system. This, this, this looks like pond hockey to me. The, the LA Kings right now are so flustered. And I don't know if it's because of the change of coaches now, change of, of system, change of method, change of mentality, change of, uh, of the communication, I don't, the message, I don't know. But it just seems like it's, it's, it's like a Chinese fire drill out there. You just don't know yeah. what, what's going on, unfortunately. You and I have a tremendous, tremendous, everybody in hockey has a tremendous amount of respect for Rob Blake. Rob Blake's one of the nicest guys you'd ever meet. One of the he best fired, people, both both him best. and Luke, him and Luke Robitaille are two of the greatest people that hit the NHL has ever put out into the into the market. Him and Lucky Luke, like that that LA Kings team, are are lucky to have them. It's it, they're tremendous people. He fires Todd. He promotes Jim Hiller as the interim coach. Really, what's going to change? Like we saw other teams fire their coach. We see we see Dean Evanson get fired in Minnesota. And the job John Hines is doing. We see uh, uh, Chris Knobloch take over for Jay Woodcroft and Edmonton. If you're going to fire the coach, shouldn't you, re- you replace him with a new voice? You're all you're doing. Jim Hiller is a familiar voice to that team. So you're making you're making this you're making the softer voice the louder voice with the same message. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right? Yeah. So hey, I, I, I thought they should have just gone out and got Joel Quenville. Bring him right in. You got to make a run for the playoffs. You want to get your team. All worked out. You want a guy who I think deserves another shot. I would have whether whether they reached out to him or not. I don't know, but that would have been wow. one of the first guys I would have called. Yeah, I I am totally on board with you, and I I you know I've got my thoughts on that. I I let me say this. I text with Joel, and I was texting with him recently. Nothing's happening, and it's unfortunate. And, and the league, for whatever reason, or not for whatever reason, we know the reasons, but everyone deserves a second chance, is they have made a decision that I don't think they're going to let Joel back in the league. And, and yeah, it's, I, it, again, again, there's that same old, that same mentality we talked about in the beginning of the show, right, with, that, with their thoughts um, on they, that specific they, topic. They don't, want, they don't want the bad press. I know, want... I know somebody who would have loved to have been in L.A. living at, at the beach and, and going to practice as flip-flops would have been chief. That would have been an amazing 100, hire. 100 percent. Right? Yeah. I think Chief Craig would do a great job. Yeah, Craig you know, Ruby would be great there because that's that's a team that needs more um physical structure and I and verbal structure. And we know that Craig Ruby is not afraid to throw his voice uh, around the locker room. How about how about when people said and, and it, maybe maybe there was some validity to it when when the Southern teams first came in the league. And they said, you know, you're not going to win in Tampa because the weather's too good. You're not going to win in in uh, Fort Lauderdale. The weather's too good. Guys aren't thinking about hockey. Well, the Florida Panthers built their practice facility not far, Jr. You and I spent a lot of nights at that elbow room in in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Oh and yeah. They built they built it in the Los Olas area. And do you know how a lot of their players get to practice now? Golf carts. Golf carts. They take their golf carts to practice. They're yeah. wearing flip flops, and so guess what? I guess that that analogy of you, you, you can't have because Tampa last night took it to Colorado, six yeah. three, and that analogy that that you can't win because it's warm weather and guys aren't thinking about hockey that doesn't fly anymore. Nope. And that that brings us to the next point: the Avalanche losing six three. They've they've won one game. They're one in five in their last six. What is going on in Colorado, buddy? Um, I think this team has done so well in the beginning of the season of where they are. Um, I think they already. I think they're already hoping for the playoffs to come. I really think this team um, has was was on such a roll. They were playing so well. I think there's a little fatigue that's in their game right now, and that when you do have fatigue physically, you're going to have fatigue mentally. I don't see them having the same jump right now. Um, I think they uh, they know they have a team that's probably going to be favored come playoff time. 
And I think just in the back of their mind, they're going through the doldrums of the national of the National Hockey League season. Sometimes yeah. the doldrums are Christmas time through the end of January, but maybe for this team, because during that time Colorado was flying. But maybe because they were winning so easily and having such a good season with McKinnon being right there at the top of the leaderboard and scoring, I think coming out of the All-Star game, I think they let their guard down. I think mentally they let their guard down. I think they're tired. I think they are they are uninterested in where they are right now in the season because I think they already they know they're going to make the playoffs. It's just where they're going to finish and who they're going to play. But they know they can beat anybody. It's very easy to get into a into a lackluster mentality when you're as good as Colorado and you have as many games in a season as they do, and they were dominating so much. Um, and just that break at the time that the All Star break came. Um, was was just not not Com- conducive for Colorado. I don't think complacency. Complacency, I guess. You know, you talk. We talk about. But it's Colorado. easy. It's easy to get complacent with a team it like is. that, right? It, it really is. is. It is. But you know what? I got to give a shout out to uh, to my buddy John Cooper because what Coop does in Tampa is truly remarkable. Sergachev goes down. Vasilevsky was out. Vasilevsky was out for the first three four months. They're in a playoff position right now. He's an unbelievable coach, buddy. He is. He well, he's, has argu- he's arguably the best coach in the National Hockey League and has been for the last seven, eight years. Well, and what sucked was when they canceled the Olympics, I had texted him that morning about something, and I go, how you doing? He goes, not good. He goes, they just canceled the Olympics because he was going to be the head coach of the Olympic team oh, wow. uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, and he and he deserves it. He's a he's an you know you know what's coach. great you know what's great about John is John Cooper is a player's coach. Hundred percent. He loves his players. He treats his players the way his players deserve to be treated at that time. He still loves them, but if that player is acting up, he will make sure that he gives them a uh, a little kick in the ass. He told me a story of him sitting Braden Point and Kucherov in the third period of a game last year and Cooch was pissed off at him and he didn't care. He's no. a, he's a guy that coaches his team the way his team deserves to be coached. And they respect him tremendously. Cause you know what? He is one of the guys he, he is. literally, he is literally one of the guys and he understands this is what's different between John Cooper and some other like major coaches that, that were on the top of the, of the coaching world. Uh, I won't mention any names, but you can probably name your own he doesn't he knows that the players come first he knows that the fans come to see the players he knows it's the players that sell the tickets he knows the players are the superstars he doesn't try to be a superstar he just does this he just does the same thing every day he treats his players with with respect and class and his and his coaching staff and the and the fans so john cooper is the epitome of class he's the epitome of understanding um how to be a um, a winning coach, and he and he never changes. And for that, I love him. Well, listen, uh, uh, off topic, but it just came to my mind because I'm in Music City right now, Nashville. So Dallas is in town last night, and Dallas wow, takes that it, was a- da- Dallas takes it to Nashville nine to two. Okay, and Duchesne gets two goals against his former team. But the best part of the story is, and I don't know if you saw it on social media, I didn't know that Matt Duchesne could play the guitar and sing. He was on stage at Tootsie's Buddy. And you and I have spent a lot of nights at after they lost? in Nashville. After no, they lost? No, 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 He's because he's playing for Dallas now, and they won. They won 9-2 oh, okay. last oh, night. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, 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 and Dallas obviously stayed over, which was a smart move. And he was on stage at Tootsie singing last night. It's all over social media. The Dallas Stars uh, Twitter uh, feed tweeted it out about Duchesne. It's unbelievable. It's hilarious. It's well, hilarious. hey, listen, listen. That's a that's a big that's a that's a big game for him. I mean, Duchesne has has made his his rounds around the league and has been has been criticized a yeah, lot. He has- yeah, as he being and he's a very good hockey player. He is a solid hockey player. He's a good goal scorer. Um, he is. I think he has underachieved over the last couple of years, but it seems like he's found a nice home with, with uh, Dallas. And to go into Nashville, and I remember going into my old teams 
It's sure. a it's a great feeling when you come out on top in front of the fans that used to play in front of. And I'm sure he just went to, they just kept the party going oh, right across yeah. the street to Tootsie's. Good for him. Hey, listen, you and play hard, you, you work hard, you play hard. So good is for there, him. Is for doing there that. is there is there any team in the NHL that has been as successful as Dallas has this year that has flown under the radar? If you watch TNT, ESPN, Sportsnet, TSN, any of the national networks in Canada and the U.S., they very rarely talk about the Dallas Stars. And they're just quietly going amongst their business. Pete DeBoer is a tremendous coach. Jim Nils, a great GM. They've got a very good hockey club there in Dallas. and uh, But no one's talking about them. It's, it seems to be every year. It seems to be every year, and every year they seem to be right there at the end. I mean, they made it to the conference finals a couple of years ago and should have probably done it last year too. But um, I think if you ask any of those guys, I think they love the attention that they're getting. Yeah. They love yeah. they love the amount of attention. They let everybody talk about the Torontos, let everybody talk about Edmontons, let everybody talk about the Rangers and Colorado and Boston Bruins and all that. They'll, they are just – or Vancouver for that matter – they are just perfectly happy going into buildings and and just putting on a can of whoop ass on teams because that's what they've been doing lately. It's it's impressive. I don't know. I don't know if you saw. Uh, speaking about the Western Conference, I don't know if you saw any of the Edmonton St. Louis game last night. Um, Edmonton was in St. Louis. St. Louis took it to them. Scored scored six against Edmonton. One six three. Jordan Bennington made two saves. One of them was on Zach Hyman, which was unbelievable glove save. And I that think game I, shocked me. That game shocked me with St. Louis that, that they took that, care of business like that. Well, especially after they had 15 shots on net Tuesday night in Toronto, they fly home. They've been on the road. Uh, they fly home and they take it to the Edmonton Oilers. And it was impressive that Jordan Bennington, right now, if there was an Olympic, if this was an Olympic year. He would be uh, he would be one of the goalies, top two goalies on the Olympic team for wow. sure. Wow! Wow! For sure, this kid That's... is playing unbelievable right now. And his backup, Joel Hofer, who's a young kid, uh, played in uh, uh, Portland, or yeah, Portland in the WHL, is an incredible goalie too. He's a young kid. They've got a. It'll be interesting to see because right now they're. They're in the eighth spot, but they're tied with L.A. right now with 60 points. It's going to be interesting because Doug Armstrong, who I consider one of the best GMs in the league, it'll be interesting to see what he does coming down the stretch, whether he subtracts or adds to that team. Robert Thomas uh, is on fire. Uh, Jordan Cairo's on fire. Jake Neighbors, your type of player. Broken nose. He's got like he's eighteen got, or nineteen goals this year. He's got he's got nineteen goals. He's probably going to get twenty five this year at the at the low end. Um, people didn't see that coming into this year that he was going to flourish and be that type of player. They're doing a good job, and you got to give a lot of credit to Drew Bannister, the coach. You know, I think St. Louis has surprised a lot of people. Yeah, they definitely have turned it on over the last couple of weeks and given them a, given them a, a shot to get into that into that wild card spot and gain a, a, a true wild card spot come playoff time. You got to, again, it's, it's they're playing to an identity and we can't say that enough, right? It's, it's been pretty impressive. You know, the New York Rangers are doing the same thing. New York Rangers are playing some amazing hockey. Um, I, I heard somebody talk about on a podcast, uh, they were talking about Chris Kreider and he said, Chris Kreider is going to go down as one of the, as one of the greatest Rangers of all time. I and they're going to, and they're going to retire. That. They're going to retire his Jersey in the rafters of Madison Square Garden. Um, I like Chris Kreider. I think he's a good player, but uh, he's a very good player. But his number is not going to be retired into the rafters of Madison Square Garden with, the history, with there, the history. Yeah. You're going to put him up there with Richter and Jockerman and Roger Bear, Roger Bear, Bear, like Messier. Uh, I agree. Like, Leech, I'm a big Chris, I'm a big, I'm a big Chris Kreider fan. I think he's probably had. 10 at least 10 20 goal seasons he, he's well did he score 50 player. last year did he score 50 last year didn't he i, I don't he was know pretty, i think he was pretty close he was pretty close to 50 if he wasn't right at 50 he was he was knocking on the door last year had a great year um either last year or the year before but he was knocking on the door there's no question the kid can score goals 
and he's found a way to play the game the right way. Because his first in his early in his career, he was uh, he was very lackluster, very non-energetic, and looked like he was afraid of his shadow. That's kind of the Jim, same. It's the same as Ka, uh, Ka, uh, Capo Caco. Uh, same thing. You know, like, did you, like ever, did like, you ever see Chris Kreider's legs? The guy's a beast, man. He's a beast. There's, there's you know, a video. There's a video online of him standing in a pool and jumping, jumping out, jumping out and landing on the deck. Now, I would land on my back if I got even, even, even if I got that high. Like the kid, the the he, his his power is unbelievable. He's one of the most powerful skaters in the NHL. They got a big big blow, not a big blow, but a blow to their team. Blake Wheeler's done for the year. Uh, I think he hurt his knee or hurt his. It, it said it was a leg injury today. And Jacob Truva tweeted out something or, or made a statement on Wheeler, and it was very emotional. He goes, "We lost a good friend today from our team." Uh, so Wheeler must have been very well liked in that dressing room because Truva was very upset that, that yeah, Wheeler's he, done he, for the year. Well, it's easy to like. It's easy to like Wheeler. I mean, he's. He's a good guy. There's not. There's, there's a reason why he's the captain of Winnipeg for so long. The kid's a right. the kid's a gamer. He can skate. He's a smart player. That is a big loss for the Rangers. I I just don't know. I don't know why um, their goaltending has been. Testerkin has been so. I don't so, get it. So off. Jonathan um, Quick's been better than Shesterkin. Yeah, Shesterkin right? is. Yeah, but I mean, you could have said last year Shesterkin was the best goaltender in the league. Absolutely. No, Sorokin, um, him with Shesterkin, obviously down with Vasilevsky, um, with uh, with Dallas Stars. What's his name? Dallas um, Ottinger. Ot- Ottinger. Um, you know these are great goaltenders, but Shesterkin has been <laughs> awful this year. I know. I know. I don't. I'm not a goalie. I never played that position. It's. It must be. It's. It's got to be in their head, eh? It's got to yeah. be in their head. It's all mental. Sure. Well, I've never been a goaltender, but I play one on television. But because um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm always saving, I'm always saving the the, the shots coming from you. So, listen, um, hey, this is this has been a lot of fun, buddy. It was a great show. We hit a lot of good points. Uh, again, thanks to Bet Online for for being a great sponsor. Uh, Whiskey in the Wild, go to whiskeyinthewild.com, grab your uh, your bottle today. I swear you will love it. It will be an amazing thing to, to drink while you're watching Snipes and Stripes right here on No Filter. Thanks to my partner, Tim Peel. You're a beautiful man. We will see you on Wednesday for another episode of Snipes and Stripes. Have Thanks, a buddy. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.